1: Welcome into the Monday, June the 24th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we have a very, very special guest. From another Dolphins podcast joining the show, together we're going to discuss the Josh Rosen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick battle, who would win in a tournament-style fight-to-the-death competition featuring all Dolphins head coaches of the past, our favorite Dolphins memories, biggest pet peeves as Dolphins fans, and a whole lot more, but first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Himalaya, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show on there. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Wingful NFL, The number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by Dolphins Twitter. And the show is at Locked Fins. You can find our written content at LockedOnDolphins.com. and of course the other Locked Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat Podcast. Podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get to our guest. That's Miami and first down today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. That's Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And joining me now is... I suppose my own personal godfather of Dolphins podcasting. He is the co host of the wildly hilarious Welcome to Perfectville podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Tiger Clomedy. The show is at Perfectville Pod. He is Sam Marcoux. Sam, what the hell is up, my friend?
0: Uh, well, my blood pressure and my cholesterol, which makes <laughs> sense because you just called me the godfather, which means I'm old. So thank you very much for making me feel very, very old. Uh, however, I am sitting in my bed. As I record this with you, so that doesn't really help matters. But uh, I'm doing all right, sir.
1: How are you? I'm fantastic. I pictured you sitting in the back of some shady bar in like Las Vegas with a kielbasa <laughs> going on as The Godfather. But I say that because you got me into this industry, man. So like I'm super grateful for all that, and it's fun to kind of bring it back together and talk to you and to maintain this friendship we've had for several years now.
0: Yeah, I also recall uh, being up in Seattle, your old stomping grounds, doing comedy, and then meeting up with you and I want to say your brother, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the next day. And I think by the time you guys reached us, it was week one, uh, Seattle Seahawks versus Miami Dolphins. It was probably about eight in the morning and I was uh, rip roaring drunk already uh, (laughs) as well as, as well as a few other people that I was hanging out with. And, um, I think we were trying to get you drunk and you were like, we'll get drunk on our own time, sir. We're not, we're not alcoholics like you at eight in the morning. Uh, We'll get drunk at 10 a.m. like a normal person (laughs) on a Sunday. So uh, good times, from what I recall.
1: Well, you got my brother turned up at about 9 a.m. on that fireball, and he's a lightweight like myself, so I think you had him going. But he caught that buzz for the Kenny Stills drop, so I think he's probably more grateful for you than I I was to not be drinking. But let's go ahead and jump right into this and talk about some current-day Dolphins and not go back over all of these depressing 20 seasons of the post-Marino era. But let's talk about the quarterback position if we're going to talk about Dan Marino. And I want to get your take on the the battle, the competition, whatever we're going to call it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the old fat guy versus Josh Rosen, the, cal- the California cocky kid. Who do you want to win this battle? Who do you think will win this battle? Who starts opening day? And do you think Josh Rosen's the long-term answer here?
0: Look, this is like asking a parent which shitty kid is your favorite. Like you have two bad kids. You and and they're like which one do you like better? You're like I really don't like either one. I just don't want to get the phone call at work that they fucked up again. You know what I mean? So it's not like we're talking about Dan Marino versus Brett Favre here. We're talking about a journeyman who ate too many donuts admittedly and signed a contract to be our starting quarterback. (laughs) And then a guy who nobody wants a year after he's been there for the second year in a row. Um, It's not exactly inspiring confidence in me as a Miami dolphins fan. So I I don't really care who wins. here's, here's the ideal. I think if I, if I'm going to be serious about this, Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the year off as the starter. Uh, We get his, you know, two or three good games. We start to see the telltale signs of him having a bad game. And he's able to turn it over to Josh Rosen, who uh, I think's got to have a good game in there somewhere. And then he can he can lead this team off to greatness of four and twelve like we all expect, (laughs) as well as Vegas. Um, But that's ideal. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the year. Rosen comes in. If he falters super, super bad, you bring Fitzpatrick back. Um, if he does OK, then you have something to build on for 2020 and beyond. So I, if I have to say what I w- what I think is going to happen, it's probably what I want to happen, which is Fitzpatrick starts the year. Rosen finishes the year.
1: And the schedule is so interesting from a standpoint of the difficulty of the games, the location of the games and the time of the games, because the first four or five weeks like are some of the hardest opponents the Dolphins will face. But playing at home in September is the greatest advantage the Dolphins have, and so I'm really conflicted as to far as far as what the record's going to be, when you would give the ball to Ryan or to Josh Rosen rather, and how well Ryan Fitzpatrick plays in those games. And as a result of this Josh Rosen thing and next year's draft class, which I think is going to be pretty damn good at quarterback, I've been going through these articles up on lockedondolphins.com, taking a look at all these possible quarterback options that could be available next year in the event that Josh Rosen pulls an Arizona Cardinals rookie season and sucks again, the Dolphins are going to be right back in position to go after a quarterback. And yet, on all these Facebook and Twitter comments, when I post these articles, I get the same thing. Let's give Josh Rosen a chance first before we throw him out to the Wolves. And I'm just trying to say... That's not what I'm doing. I'm just giving you the content and the information you might like to see for future quarterback prospects. It's one of my biggest pet peeves as a Dolphins fan. And that brings me into my next question for you, Sam. I want to know your biggest pet peeve as a Dolphins fan, whether it's the fan base itself, the team itself, whatever it might be, what really grinds your gears as a Dolphins fan?
0: So here is, uh, you, you touched on one of them right there. If you're a Dolphins fan And you are criticizing people who are creating content that you are listening to, reading, somehow consuming. And you're like, you know what? I think it's not fair for you to have an opinion right now. We should wait until the end of the season and then have a discussion. What the hell are you even talking about right now? Because this is what Travis does. This is what I do. This is what other people do is we create content. We have takes and we have sometimes not the best takes in the world, sometimes the best takes in the world. But the fact remains is that we're giving you something for you to actually consume, digest, and then retort with. And for you to say, well, we should just give them a chance and then decide at the end of the year. No, that's stupid. And that's boring. So that's kind of one of my biggest pet peeves there. The other one here is, and this isn't, this isn't just a Miami Dolphins thing. Um, It's a sports thing in general, but in the information age that we're in right now, one of the issues that we do have is everyone jumps up and off the cliff after every single play. (laughs) Um, And and you know what? I do it too. I, I, I am, I am not immune from this. I mean, I live and die by the Miami Dolphins when they're playing. But, you know, you do have to have some perspective here, people. This is football. You're talking about millionaires hitting other millionaires and you being mad about it because the team that has the colors that you like isn't winning. It's fine, but you know what? Take your tongue, and instead of just spitting venom Plant it firmly in your cheek and realize that while you watch the Miami Dolphins lose on a big screen television in the comfort (laughs) of your own home, that life really isn't that bad. It is entertainment and you should be entertained. And if you're not entertained, Go do something else and stop bitching about it. I mean, you can bitch about it, again, tongue firmly planted in cheek as we do every single week, well, close to every week. But uh, that's one of my biggest things is like, don't take this shit way too seriously. I mean, if you find passion in breaking everything down like you do, Travis, absolutely go after that. But also know that if you're consuming Travis's content, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on Locked on Dolphins or whatever, that you know what? You sending a hate-filled message to Travis probably isn't going to do much for Travis. It's probably just raising your blood pressure to the point where you're mad that he's not responding to you. Or you're getting a 12 to 6 boner because he is responding to you. I guess it would be 6 to 12. 12 to 6 would be the opposite, right? 6 to 12 probably boner because ways. he does respond to you. Uh, well, like If you're in Australia, I guess it would be 12 to 6, right? Yeah. All right. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying. It just – you don't need to be that, like, I don't know. Get a dog, I guess is what (laughs) I'm telling (laughs) everyone. Find a dog, name it Marino, and enjoy other aspects of your life.
1: That's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from two years of, of, I guess, doing this professionally, for lack of a better term. I just... I, I used to go after you know Omar Kelly or whoever it was, and it's just like why? Why did I do that? Like I wish I could take it all back, but I've learned I don't do it anymore. And it kind of reminds me of those text chains that you and I and Chris had back in the day, back in the when I was on Perfectville, and we would have those game day chats where me and Chris are going nuts and you're stoic, and it's just oh, it was so perfect. It was a great mix of passion and anger and 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 relaxedness and and fiery attitudes and all that fun stuff. But we're gonna take our first break here. I'm with Sam Marcoux of the Welcome. To- the perfectville podcast you can find him at tiger comedy and the podcast at perfectville pod you can find me on twitter at wingfield nfl and the show at locked on fins we're going to come back and talk about our dolphins mount rushmore and who would win in an all-time dolphins coach tournament style brawl to the death all that next locked on dolphins podcast Okay, back in here to segment number two. And before we get into the Mount Rushmore and the coaching brawl, we talked about that Seattle Seahawks game that you and I both were at, Sam. You up in the rafters, drunkenly stumbling around the 300 level at CenturyLink Field, me down closer to the field and just kind of crying myself to sleep after the Kenny Stills drop. And that game had a chance to be my favorite Dolphins memory ever, just because we were there and beating the Seahawks in front of these fans. that I'm around every single day out here in the Pacific Northwest. And I wanted to ask you, you're a little bit older than me, but we kind of grew up in the same era and became Dolphins fans <laughs> in the nineties. I, I assume that's kind of when it happened for you. What is your favorite memory that kind of got you into Dolphins football or I guess maybe not the one that made you a Dolphins fan? What's the moment that you look back on and say that was the best day as a Dolphins fan?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. And I I, um, I actually became a fan around 1988, which uh, that pretty much uh, is my fandom of all my teams, right? So the Los Angeles Dodgers and Kirk Gibson beat the Oakland A's and Dennis Atresley in an improbable four games to one World Series. Dodgers are the thing that I see. I'm like, okay, I, I like the Dodgers. The Los Angeles Lakers uh, win the championship in the NBA, and I'm like, okay, I like Magic Johnson. I like uh, Pat Riley. I, I like the Los Angeles Lakers. 1988 is when Wayne Gretzky gets traded to the Los Angeles Kings, and that's the only thing I saw in terms of hockey. And I'm like, wow, okay, this must be the team that I want because the greatest player in the history of the sport is now on this team. That's what I want to you know, be a part of. Uh, so all of these winners, right, you want to call me a five-year-old bandwagon fan, I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> Um, the issue with that logic is that that is the only year in Dan Marino's history that the Miami Dolphins had a losing season. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, so leave it to me to uh, pick all these winners in terms of hockey, baseball, basketball and witness those teams eventually win championships in their respective sports but the one team that I picked that had a loser that year still hasn't won the one thing that I absolutely need to see which is a Super Bowl champion Miami Dolphins so that being said that's 1988 that's when I became a fan of the Miami Dolphins uh probably my number 1 um memory um Probably as a child, because that's when you get formed, right? You know, up to about age 15, then that sponge turns into a rock and everything you know is just going to be there. Um, it's got to be the Dan Marino comeback game, you know, with Irving Fryer, 1994, Drew Bledsoe, and the New England Patriots on the other side, a year removed from, you know, tearing his Achilles, thinking maybe his career might be over, which wasn't out of the question back then, especially with a non athlete like Dan Marino, at least when it came to his legs. Uh, coming back that se- that season, week one, I didn't even watch the game live, Travis, because that wasn't available to me at that age. I was uh, <laughs> 11 years old, but I was watching football, and I do remember them breaking in, and I was just so amazed that every time they broke in, you instinctually knew that a score had happened, or like a big turnover had happened, and it was a score every single time. So I was watching, like, I don't know, Bengals versus who god steelers maybe i don't even know who it was but they kept doing that game break and every time they came back it was damarino throwing a touchdown pass or it was the new england patriots countering and it was just like somebody turn it to this game this is an amazing <laughs> game and then uh you know at the end irving fryer getting that against his former team and getting into the end of the end zone all muddy all in white it was just a fantastic visual probably my favorite game um that i've ever witnessed for the miami dolphins um at least, you know, while not being there in, in person.
1: Our younger generation of audience and fan base here don't know the struggle of having to watch a game on NFL uh, Game Pass or whatever it is on the on the screen where you watch the little X's and O's go up and down the field or just watching the CBS broadcast like you mentioned and watching the corner of the screen for the score update, the MIA versus, you know, NE for New England, yep. just having to keep track of score that way. We're here with Sam Marcou in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast part of the lockdown podcast network. And my next question for you, Sam is a question I get all the time. And it probably changes every time I get asked it, the Miami dolphins Mount Rushmore. And I know that Don Shula and Dan Marino have to be on there for every dolphins fan. So round out the rest of your Mount Rushmore. If it does include Shula and Marino, like I assume it does.
0: Well, I mean, if you're talking about the organization as a whole, then yeah, I think you're going to add, you know, coaches and, and maybe front office staff. Um, but, uh, if, if we're talking just players, um, which I'm going to go there. I'm just, uh, so I'm going to take Don Shula off just, and I know that's sacrilege, settle down. I would do too. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to, I'm going to do just players because we really don't care. We think we care about the coaches. We don't really care about the coaches. (laughs) We care about the actual performers, the stakeholders, the actors, if you will. And those being the players themselves. Um, so, I'm going to go with Dan Marino, obviously, you know, uh, but you're going to have to do it where he has the jersey. Otherwise, people are going to walk up to this mountain and go, why the hell is David Hasselhoff on the side <laughs> of this mountain? So, you're going to have to have some sort of 13 or something that signifies that it is, in fact, Dan Marino. Um, I also think you got to go. I, look, I, I'm going to do a recency bias here, but you got to go Jason Taylor, and you got to go. I'm going to say Zach Thomas. Yeah. Even though he's not in the Hall of Fame, um, he's one of my personal favorites. Again, kind of grew up in the formative years of Zach Thomas, uh, Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, and that defense. Daryl Gardner just running rough shots. So three of those guys. It's going to be Dan Marino. It's going to be um, Jason Taylor. It's going to be Zach Thomas. And then I'm. Uh, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, with a tribute to the 1972 team because you have to have them there. And I'm going to put uh, Don Chula on there. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm going to put Larry Zonka, who represents, I think, Larry Zonka as a player probably represents 1970s football in general. Yes. But he's definitely, I mean, people think Bob Greasy, and they always talk about Jim Kick and Mercury Morris and Nick Bonacotti and all that. Fuck all that. No, it's 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 Larry Zonka and then everybody else on that 1972 team. He is by far the poster boy for the undefeated, perfect season, perfect Ville Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to go Larry Zonka. I'm going to go Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas. Those are my four.
1: The 1972 highlight, maybe it was 73 even, that's ingrained into my mind, was Larry Sanka scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was 73 because it was that Viking Super Bowl. And he scores a touchdown and almost hits his head on the goalpost because that was back in the days when the goalpost was up on the goal line there. Right at so, the front, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of tells you how long it's been since this team has been, you know, relevant in the championship discussion. And speaking of championship, I want to break this thing down in a tournament-style bracket because I wanted to ask you who would win in a fight between Brian Flores, and Adam Gase. And I don't think there's any question who wins that fight. So I wanted to ask you, is Brian Flores taking this thing home in a bracket-style tournament championship fight to the death battle? I mean, I think that Don Shula in his day and kind of the crazy eyes he might have could be in competition. But who is the guy you would pick out of all these coaches? Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wanstead, uh, who we got? Nick Saban, Cam Cameron, uh, Joe Philbin, Adam Gase, and Brian Flores. Who's taken home the championship belt for all-time greatest Dolphins head coach, boxer, fighter, MMA-style badass?
0: All right, so you said boxer, <laughs> fighter, MMA. I'm going to throw professional wrestling in there, and that's the <laughs> context I'm going to throw all of these coaches into there. So let's just go in order of elimination. Number one, Joe Philbin immediately gets counted <laughs> yeah. out of this entire entire scenario because on his way to the ring, he's gonna stop and pick up all the garbage that the fans are throwing at him and he's gonna get counted out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Joe Philpin is out of there immediately. It's not even up for question at this point. Uh number two, uh Cam Cameron. Well, look. look. Cam Cameron is going to Cam Cameron's going to be like that bad guy that's got uh, all those other people in his stable because he is notoriously known for drafting not only the player but the player's family. Um, the problem with that is that he's not, that player and that family is not going to get good until years later after Cam Cameron is no longer even relevant. So, Cam Cameron's going to have all of these guys on the outside hoping to, you know, back him up, and then he's going to turn around and immediately get just kicked in the face and pinned, and he's going to be out. In fact, he'll get pinned 15 times, and the only time he'll actually win is on the way out he hits Brian Billick from the Baltimore Ravens. He falls down and accidentally pins him with the help of Cleo Lemon and Rich Camarillo, (laughs) so he's out of there. It's not going to be him, so we're down to who? We're down to Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, Dave um, (laughs) Wanstat, Sperano. Sperano, Tony Sperano. Oh, OK, perfect. Yeah, I forgot so This him. Is how this happens here. So uh, while Cam Cameron actually gets kicked by uh, Nick Saban, um, Tony Sperano is so excited uh, about the kick that Nick <laughs> Saban does that he throws a fist pump and accidentally but on purpose knocks out Dave Wonstadt. <laughs> Pins him one, two, three, because we all know that Tony Sperano, rest in peace, favorite number is three, just like a field goal score. So as he's excited, he punches out Dave Wonstadt. Dave Wonstadt's holding his hair and raking it, finger combing it as much as he can to get it back to where it needs to be on his way to the back as he steps over Cam Cameron, Brian Billick, and Joe Philbin, who is still picking up Cheetos on the side of the stage of of the wrestling ring there. So now we're down to Jimmy Johnson. We're down to Nick Saban. We're down to... Uh, 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 Adam Gase, who um, can't even see... he Adam Gase is in the ring, but he's just in the corner looking at everyone without ever turning his head. So he's got somebody over here and his eyes just flying around, and his other eyes flying around over here, just keeping an eye on everything, telling everybody that he's the best wrestler, he knows what's going on. However, meantime, he's not even wearing wrestling trunks. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, wait a minute, we can tell that you don't know what you're doing, even though you're telling us you know what you're doing, but he's just in the corner, eyes rolling around. He's just irrelevant. Uh, he doesn't even understand that he's not even in the match at this point so jimmy johnson don shula dave wanstad's out nick saban so those are our final three right there we've got nick saban jimmy johnson don shula Uh, jimmy johnson basically headbutts Nick Saban to the point where he's in so much pain that he starts grabbing his ass, which is what he does when he is uh, completely stressed out. And the reason why he's in so much pain is because the hair helmet, the hairspray that Jimmy Johnson has used when he headbutted Nick Saban almost caused Nick Saban's heart to actually burst so when he falls down he grabs his ass and then the one guy who actually had that heat stroke thing in our locker room that nick saban walked over happens to run out and walk over nick saban while jimmy johnson pins him and now we're down to jimmy johnson and don shula and at that point the only thing the only thing that can penetrate john jimmy johnson's helmet hair is the glorious chin of don shula who sits there and headbutts John, Jimmy Johnson until he falls down and he gets pinned. And he thinks he's the winner. He's right there. And then he turns around, and what does he see? Brian Flores, who everybody forgot was even in the match to begin with. Yes. And he just stares at Don Jula, just stares at him and says – you haven't earned your starting spot as the best head coach of all time. (laughs) And at that point, Don Shula starts doing laps. And while he's doing laps, he gets counted out. And there you go. Brian Flores is the winner by count out of all the head coaches of Miami Dolphins yesteryear.
1: So you heard it here first, Sam telling us that Brian Flores will in fact be a better coach in the Miami (laughs) Dolphins history than Don Shula ever was. So I think you almost made penance there for your taking Don Shula off the Mount Rushmore. And then you quickly pull it back. But you give it back to us with Brian Flores like we all wanted to hear. We've got Sam Marcoux from the Welcome to Perfectville podcast. We're going to come back and do a speed round with Sam here. But first, I want to tell you guys about Untuck It. Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend, whether you're at the cubicle or at happy hour. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. Use promo code MBA to get 20% off your order. We thank Untuck It for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Okay, we're picking it back up here in segment number three on the Sunday, June the 23rd show, or June the 24th on Monday morning, depending on when you download this podcast. But we got Sam Marcoux here of the Perfectville Podcast. We've talked a lot about Dolphins history and Dolphins present. And I want to give you a speed round here, Sam, and just kind of ah. go off the cuff and get your answers to some random questions. Are you ready, sir?
0: Go off the cuff. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared for those other ones, even though you... Uh... You were prepared, so yes, off the cuff. And by the way, June twenty third, happy summer, Doll fans. We are we've made it, summer of twenty nineteen. Yes, I am ready, sir.
1: Days are getting shorter as the months go along now, but that means football is getting closer and closer. And with that, my first question for you, Sam: greatest non Dan Marino Dolphin of all time?
0: Greatest non. Non-Dan Marino of all time. Well, I would be kind of a a stupid person if I didn't take one of the people that I put on Mount Rushmore. Um, That's a great question. I'm going to go with Jason Taylor as the face of the franchise had Dan Marino never come along.
1: I love it. Pineapple on your pizza, yay or nay?
0: No, uh, if you put pineapple on your pizza, it is no longer pizza. It is just bread with garbage on top of it. I'm
1: a huge bread with garbage fan then. Brian Flores makes it five plus years in Miami, yes or no? Um...
0: No, because
1: we haven't had that since since Wanstead. So continuing that trend on Chris Greer is here in five years. Yes or no?
0: Chris Greer will eventually own the Miami Dolphins. It'll be the Miami Griersons. Uh, and he will fire the guy that he just hired, Brian Flores, for no reason. Brian Flores is going to get three Super Bowls, and then we're going to fire him for no reason because we're the Miami Greersons.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay, you get to choose between one of the following: the Dolphins win the Super or win Super Bowl 19, Dan Marino's one Super Bowl, or you get to sleep with your pick of Dolphins cheerleaders. Which one are you taking?
0: Oh, I am. uh, I'm taking the cheerleaders. Look, I was. uh, I was (laughs) one years old when when Dan Marino was in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to care one way or the other whether he won it or not. It wouldn't have changed my opinion one way or the other. However, if I'm uh, with cheerleaders and I'm of of age and they are, I'm taking that every single day of the week. And I'm going to get my own Super Bowl ring for having those cheerleaders. So (laughs) it's uh, no no offense, Miami Dolphins, but I'm sacrificing. Our never won Super Bowl uh, for my own personal gain here.
1: And I think you answered this one already in a previous uh, monologue there, but what is the Dolphins win total this season?
0: Yeah. So if you know, look, this is kind of like when you pick on your younger brother or your younger sister and it's totally fine. But then when somebody else picks on them, you get super, super offended (laughs) and you have to defend their honor. I don't think the Miami Dolphins are winning more than maybe five games this year, but the Vegas odds are telling us that that's what they think is going to happen, which makes me infuriated, which makes me think they're going to win six games just to stick it in their own eye there. So I'm going to go with uh, six and ten. And if you were to cross-reference that with my show, you'll see that I said four and twelve. Uh, which means it's probably going to be 5-11. and
1: 5-11, and 11, that's kind of where I've been the entire offseason. I just don't see it being like 2-14, and 3-13. I think the coaching upgrades alone will make up for that difference and maybe the lack of talent on the roster. But Sam, that's all I got for you today, but I want to give you a little bit of a shout-out here and take a minute to say something to you personally real quick. And those Uh-oh. of you that don't know, Sam, he and I go way back into the days of Dolphins message boards, probably 10 or 12 years old now, and he's been kind of a, shall we say, Reserved guy when it comes to showing his emotions. So much so that, do you remember, Sam, when I dubbed you Chad Henny? remember that? Yeah, I am
0: uh, the Hennybot. The Hennybot.
1: Yeah, he's the Hennybot because he shows about as much emotion as Chad Henny in that caveman-like eyebrow-pushing-down helmet that he used to wear. But Sam gave me my first official Dolphins platform, so to speak. I mean, I've written for fan sites here and there, but nothing, anything that was ever serious. But Perfectville was where I really established my voice and learned the ins and outs of the game and really learned how to work my ass off in this industry. So as I continue to grow and get more downloads and, and listeners and followers, I always think back to, Sam in Perfectville, and I just want to say thank you for all that, my friend.
0: Oh man, no, thank you for uh, for joining our little uh, town over there for for the time that you were there, and it's obviously a lot of fun uh, to listen to you and, and and see everything that you're doing on Twitter as well as your website. And um, look, I don't follow the team with the zeal that you do. I don't break down film; it's not my thing. I I would rather I'd I'd probably rather you know hang out with Cam Cameron than do that because that's not. That's not what's entertaining to me. I kind of live in the moment of the game itself, from you know ten to one here on the West Coast, or one to four, as it were, uh, for for the majority of Miami Dolphins fans, and that's what I find entertaining. Everything around it is no longer anything that I like, but I respect and I actually admire and like the fact that there are fans and 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 journalists like yourself that do like that stuff because that means I don't have to seek it out. I can just find it easily enough on Twitter, everywhere else and go, look for, for today and today only, I want to know, you know, something about Kiko Alonzo that I otherwise wouldn't be able to know. And people like yourselves and a few others out there do a fantastic job there. So if we had any sort of part meaning Chris or myself in helping you, um, pursue that, then, uh, we take great pride and credited you being a perfect bill alumni, a former citizen, if you will. Uh, but it's all you, man. I mean, if it wasn't us, you would have, you would, you'd be doing this exact same thing right now. So I appreciate the kind words, but, uh, you know, give yourself some more credit there.
1: And you did mention Chris too. I would love to get him back on the podcast with you. I think you got, I mean, you cracked my ass up this entire half hour. So I appreciate you for that. And I want to get Chris back on the show sometime this summer before the games start. We have to start getting back to X's and O's and all that boring stuff that you guys all hate so much. But anyway, he is Sam Marcoux of the Welcome to Perfect Phil Podcast. Sam, let them know what you're working on, where they can find you, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, and for the record, we don't hate that stuff. We just hate having to do the work for that yeah, stuff. So yeah, sure, sure. That's we my We really man. like that stuff. We <laughs> just want somebody else to do it, and thankfully Travis and, and, and a few others are are willing to do that. So just a point of clarification. For sure. Uh, you could find us on welcometoperfectville.com. That is the website uh, where we host the podcast. That is our native site there. You can find us on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher Radio, anywhere where podcasts are found, you can find us on there. Uh, you can find Chris Colon. I think he goes by Perfectville Chris now on Twitter. You can find me at Tiger Comedy. However, most of my personal Twitter is is about my tour dates for comedy. Uh, you can find me at sammarcu.com and find out where I'm going next. Um, but if you want to follow the, the 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 show, whatever it's called, here's the thing: I don't really ever do a format for my show. Yeah and we just kind of riff, and Chris and I never have to do a lot of editing other than, like, you know, drops and stuff like that, uh, Travis, and for those that aren't uh, in the know, you can Google what all these terms mean because Travis and I are highly professional. Um, <laughs> I can never remember the name of the damn show that I created, and I always, I, I mean, you could talk to Chris next time we get him on the show there, Travis. I always screw up the intro, which is the most basic intro. It's the name of the show. It's Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast yeah. for your <laughs> Miami Dolphins, and every single time, I'm like, uh, we got to cut that out I got to start that over I screwed it up again the rest of the show totally fine but the one thing that's in the can that's how I know I'll never be a good actor because I just can't remember the own lines that I freaking wrote and we've done almost 150 of these damn things and I can't get it right but the name of the show is Welcome to Perfectville we we put out shows about three times a month it's not every week uh, we're kind of lazy we're not like Travis we don't have the proficiency he does but uh, you can check us out if you like that sort of thing
1: well thanks again for doing the show man and if you guys want to find me on the, on the Welcome to Perfectville podcast I'm going to be doing a show with Sam and Chris here pretty soon. So check out their show. And let's go ahead and button this thing up with talking about Grip6 belts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Grip6 and their ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap. And it's a great gift for dad, grandpa, your son, whoever it might be. Grip6 has a special offer for you at Grip6.com lock. That's L-O-C-K-E, Grip6.com, the best belts in the universe. And I also kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a review check out the other lockdown sports family of podcasts for all your local and national podcasts of your favorite teams follow me on twitter at Linkful nfl follow the show at lockdown fins keep up to date on the daily dolphins blog over at lockedondolphins.com. you guys have a great rest of your night we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the lockdown dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins football